Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. Well, welcome to Nav Church. Uh, my name is David Amson. I get to again be the one bringing the word to you today. We've been talking for a couple weeks now out of this book called The Wayside. Uh, I actually am proud to say that I'm a friend with the author. We got to know each other a couple years ago. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, one day, I will warn you, he will be here and he has more energy than I do. So just be ready. But he's, he's fantastic. And so his name is Doug and he, he wrote this book called The Wayside a while back. And in doing that, uh, I read it and immediately I knew that this was a message, this was a thought, this was a concept that I wanted to bring to you. And so if you haven't been here last couple weeks, congratulations, you're going to get caught up really fast because we're only reading out of one specific passage right now. That passage is Mark 10, 46 through 52. Uh, If you want to read along with me, you can open up your app in today's sermon notes. Those of you online, you're going to get the notes dropped into you, or you can always go back, watch this, watch the screen, open up a Bible app, open up a real Bible. You know, there's just a whole lot of ways. There's no excuse for you not to be reading. It's out there. And so Matthew chapter 10, 46 through 52, it says this, then they, who is they, Jesus and his disciples, that tells us right there, they came to Jericho. Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he, he being Bartimaeus, heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. I don't think you should get so emotional (laughs) reading something you've read 25 times. Here's the beautiful thing about the Bible. It's new every day. Give you a warning. I have a feeling in a couple minutes I'm going to give us an opportunity to shout. Just warning you. Son of God, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped him and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you, throwing off his cloak, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked, craziest question in the world. Blind man eventually finds his way to him and Jesus goes, what do you want from me? I would think it's obvious, but sometimes it's not. Next week, we're going to dive into that in a big way, because what we want and what we need are two different things. Jesus asked him, and the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Okay. <laughs> like, I would expect Jesus to go, well, sit here. I need to get you in a prayer position. <laughs> right? We all know what that. Did anyone bring the oil? Okay. We don't have oil. <laughs> Right? Aren't you expecting some level of prayer, some level of intercession, rebuking sin, casting out demons, all this type of stuff? Jesus' prayer was a command. Go. 
It's time to step into our healing. Jesus said, that's next week's sermon. I'm done. I'm done. I'm back on this week. Your faith has healed you immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, I love the word immediately. I know this. God's definition of immediately and ours are two different definitions. That joker's been blind for how many years? For how long? Begging how many times a day? Spat on, ridiculed, mocked, in pain, in misery. And the Bible has the gall to say to us, immediately. According to who? Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. That's, those are, that's a trailer. That's a hook. That's a teaser. Immediately received a sight and followed Jesus along the road. And so number one, let's just make sure you know what this was. Jericho. Jericho, I use this example one of the last two weeks. Here's what Jericho was. Imagine if you grew up in a little rural town called Collinsville. The greatest thing that we have is horseradishes and the world's largest ketchup bottle. And, and navigation church. It's called a called the cheap pop right there and so and so all of a sudden we 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 have this town and we decide to travel to los angeles we decided to travel to you know seattle new york whatever it is and all of a sudden if this is this type of village that you're from and you walk into the big city they had commerce there they had inventions they had scientific breakthrough you know what they had this is crazy you know i know you're gonna have a hard time believing this they had indoor plumbing True story. They had indoor employment. On one side of the street, clean water came into the city, and on the wayside was the waste. And so when we find that Bartimaeus is sitting on the wayside, he's sitting literally and figuratively in the sewers of life. He is down on his dumps, okay? Like, can I keep using those cheesy puns? You're with me? Like, this is where he currently is. He's sitting on the wayside. And one, in last week specifically, we talked about, or it might have been two weeks ago, we talked about the labels that we get put on us. And when he, and Bartimaeus first started shouting out, Jesus, Jesus, son of God, son of God, we find that everyone started telling him to be quiet because you are this, and ready? We're going to label you as useless. We're going to label you as trash. We're going to label you as dumb. Let me just go on, see if one hits you. You're stupid. You're ignorant. You're broken. You're a mistake. And we have these labels, but something that was interesting is we found out that he decided to label the guy walking by. Not Jesus, son of Nazareth, Joseph's son, Mary's son, none of those things. Here's what he said. Son of God. And it's amazing what happens with the proper perspective of who God is. It gives us a proper perspective of who God is. And so he wasn't calling out for Jesus to give him some alms. He wasn't calling out to Jesus in order to give him a handout. He was calling out to Jesus to give him a hand up. And so when he starts calling out, our expectations of who God is sets our expectation of who God is. So when I ask you today, what's your expectation of God? You ain't got this yet. We got to talk for a minute. The expectation that we set of God is who God will be to us. And if we set our expectations really low, our problems of our life are going to be really big. But when we set our expectations that God is really big, our problems become really small. 
Oh, pastor, that preaches good. What do you mean by that? Practically, here's what I mean by that. This past week, one of the partners here at the church, Michelle, I'll drop a first name for you because I did actually ask her about this one. She, uh, for seven years, been looking for a new job. And last week, accounts had this red line in it. And she's been being faithful and she's been working hard. But the problem is, I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately, yes. right? I've introduced my kid. How many have introduced your kid to tube steaks? Hot dogs, right? You've never had spam? We can fry that up. Like, like we, like, right? Economy's changed a little bit. So every day Michelle goes for a walk and as she's going for a walk, she was going by this office building. She said, I clearly heard the Holy Spirit say to me, stop, go in and see if they have a job opening. So what did she do? She kept walking. She told God, that wasn't you. That was me, right? She made a reason why this wasn't God talking to her. But the question is, our expectation of who God is helps set our expectation of who God is. And so all of a sudden, she comes walking back a second time, and she hears the Holy Spirit say to her again, hey, dum-dum. And I don't know if that's the exact words he used, but I'm telling the story. And as a preacher, we're allowed to change it. And so I don't think that's true. Um, I told you to go in and see if they had a job opening. So she decided to go up, pull on the door, pulled on the door, and it was locked. So she was able to say, see, God, that was me, not you. Right? Doesn't it feel good when we can justify that our faith is small? Yeah, I'm going to be emotional all day. I need to tell you now. Shell started walking away. Door opens up. I'm sorry, ma'am, is there something I can help you with? She goes, I was just wondering if you had any job openings. And the lady goes, I'm sorry, the doctor's not here right now, but if you please come back tomorrow, we've been looking for a year and a half. What is your expectation of who God is? But then when he speaks, see, I think some of us have wrong expectations of God. He's this high, holy, you know, long beard with a robe, sitting in heaven, waiting for us to sin so he can punish us, so he can discipline us. Because after all, the Old Testament God is one of anger and wrath, which by the way, if you believe that, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Grace started in Genesis 1 in the garden. Just go ahead and have a fix your theology right there, Right? Oh, he's a God of love. Occasionally it says that, but he's also a God of holy, which is always said about him. And he wants to pull us out into his holiness. And so what is the perspective we should have of God? So I just read to you Mark 10, 46. Can we go to Mark 10, 32? Which if you're new to the Bible, 32 comes before 46, which means this happened earlier than later. Okay, and I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Then they, who's they? The disciples and Jesus that we were just talking about. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. 
And again, Jesus, he took the 12 aside and told them what was about to happen to him. This is Jesus' words. We're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man is going to be delivered over to the chief priest and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, kill him, but three days later, he's going to come back to life. So Jesus is walking to Jericho with his disciples. And he goes, hey guys, here's why we're going here. I'm going to be turned over to the authorities. And after I get turned over to the authorities, they're going to beat me. They're going to mock me. They're going to pull my beard out of my face. They're going to spit upon me. Eventually, they're going to put me in this fake trial. We're going to release one of the worst men in our society, Barabbas, back out. They're going to take me up on the hill of Golgotha, the the skulls, and they're going to crucify me. And they're going to spread me wide, hang hang me high. And all of a sudden, I'm going to die. But don't worry, three days later, I'm going to come back. And as they're walking into town with this on Jesus' mind, he hears from the corner, Son of God. Son of God. I don't know what Jesus is like, but I know what I'm like. Let me be really clear to you. If I was on my way to the local courthouse because I was accused of doing something wrong, and I was going to be standing in front of a court and a jury... The last thing I'm going to care about is some guy on the side of the road asking for a handout. I face life in prison. I face, you know, this conviction in my life. I face this. If I had all that going on, let's be honest. If I'm running late to an appointment, I don't pay attention to anybody else. Let's be really, really, really honest. If I'm dialed into a really good movie, I don't want my kids to talk to me. I need some parents to help me out here because I feel like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Now you're facing not possible death, eminent. Eminent. The the only thing Jesus hears in his mind is a countdown clock. And in the middle of that countdown clock, with all of this resting on him, he hears someone from the corner go, son of God, son of God. And it stops him. Why does it stop him? Because we see in Matthew, verse, in chapter 20, verse 34, which is the parallel passage to this, it says, deeply moved with compassion. Jesus touched him. I don't know what your perspective of who Jesus is, but you might think he's too busy for your problems. You might think he's too big for this scenario. You might think he has too many other things going on in his life. But when he was walking up to save your soul, he stopped to touch your flesh. Why? Because when it comes to humanity, Jesus is deeply moved when we are broken. So can I ask you, you know what? I need to do this today. I need to cry out. If you're here right now, and, you, and by the way, I'm really serious about doing this. If you're here right now and you need to cry out to God for something, I need you to stand to your feet. Not raise hands. I need you to stand to your feet. Is there an illness in your life? Is there a situation been going through? Is there a family member that left you? Is there finances that are struggling? Is there sickness? Because if it is for the next 30 seconds, 
I want radical yelling out as if Jesus himself is walking right here. And I will tell you now, my mic is going to be muted for those watching online. You're not going to be able to hear me because I myself have to cry out. Can I just tell you? A couple weeks ago, I thought I had something wrong with my foot and I was vulnerable and I told you about it. And it has only gotten worse for me. And it is in my calf in the back of my leg and everything inside of me thinks I have a blood clot again. And fear is at an all-time high in my life right now. I've been a wreck all morning. And I just need to cry out to God for a minute. And if I'm preaching this to you, I'm preaching this to me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cry out. And if you want to join me, you can join me. If I'm the loudest voice, I don't really care. But at some point, if the scripture said he did it once, he will do it again. I'm going to make sure he knows I'm here. So in three seconds, you to cry out as if Jesus himself is walking by. Three, two, one, let's cry out. cry today God have mercy son of God have mercy you should stop crying out you should stop crying out he's too busy you should stop screaming you should stop asking tell him Come. Come. Holy Spirit, we come today. But during our worship time, you can be seated. You can be seated. We're, we're not done. We're not done. During our worship time, Pastor De or excuse me. Dallas acting like a pastor. You know, it's a great thing. Titles are titles. Anointings are unmistakable. So he cried out. Jesus said, come. Now what? So he's standing there, or he's sitting there. All the people who originally had one label towards him. Now when the famous guy thought something different, they changed their tune, right? Because the spirit of relativism is one of the most destructive belief systems that you can have. And all of a sudden they said, come. And it says that he threw off his coat. Easy phrase, threw off his coat. But the beauty of that phrase is found in the particulars. The Romans were one of the first, if not the first, to have a welfare program. How many have ever been driving down the road and there's some guy standing on the side of a light with a cardboard cutout, right? Empty parking lots everywhere and he's by himself. But over in that empty parking lot is a really nice BMW. And you say to yourself, is that car his? Right, you don't really know. 
if he needs help. You don't know if, you know, this baby that's out there actually is in trouble. Like, there's something inside of you. Well, the Romans didn't want confusion, especially with all these different empires that they continued to take over. So they developed a welfare program, and the welfare program was that if you were sick, if you were blind, if you were lame, you could actually go to government officials, go through whatever process they had, and they gave you something so that the society would identify you as someone who's handicapped that could receive alms. And the thing that you received was a coat. It was a cloak. And so when you'd be going down, not the clean water side, but the wayside, you would see all these different individuals. And the reason they looked alike was they had government-issued cloaks so that you knew they actually had a disability. And so when it says to us that he threw off his coat, here's the way we have to say it. Before he was healed, he let go of the thing that identified him as broken. Before the miracle occurred, he let go of that stuff to reach out to the one. Before he had the promise of healing, because here's the thing, as a blind guy, you drop that in a crowd of people. First of all, what's the chances you're going to find it again? And I'm not trying to be funny, you know, because he's blind, but it is kind of funny. And so, but here's the other thing. You don't think there were criminals? You don't think there were shady people that saw this coat and went, dude, I don't have to work anymore. Bloop put it on, and now all of a sudden they can start begging. Why? They have a government-issued cloak. But at the moment he threw that down to the, the side, he realized the only way to thrive with God was to first let go of the thing that he survived on his own with. The only way we start thriving with God is when we choose to let those wrong belief systems go. We choose to let go of the pain of the past. We choose to let go. But those places are very comfortable. You know why? Because that's the mode of operation we know. He doesn't know how to get up in the morning, brush his teeth, comb his hair, and go to a job. He knows how to get up in the morning, let someone lead him by the the crap of life, I'm sorry, it's, just, it's the dung of life, it's the poo of life, it's the waste of life. He, this is how, what he knows. And if the only thing you know in your life is you're not enough, what's the chances you're going to step into a job where you have to be enough? What if the only thing you've known in your life is abandonment and all of a sudden you found the spouse that you want to marry and they want to have kids and the only thing you know is abandonment? At some point, throw it off and you got to step into the new. The only thing you know is a poverty mindset. And no matter what job you get with what paycheck you get, you always don't have enough. At some point, you have to step out of. You have to step out of the scarcity mindset. And we have to step into the new. So he's down here in the waste of life. And the only thing that had any value to him, he let go of. Because the one who created value is calling him. And this morning, the one who has created value is calling to you. Actually, they've called to a bunch of people today, and in a minute, they're going to get in that tank. And the reason why they're getting in that tank, we read in Colossians 3, 9 through 10. This isn't just a picture with Jesus. Colossians 3, it says, do not lie to each other 
since you have taken off your old since you've taken off your old clothes since you've taken off your old belief systems since you've taken off all that old self with its practices it's one say, thing to say back here it's one thing to say i want the healing oh no hang on i'm practicing something get your hand off me get your hand off me i'll listen to his voice I don't need you to direct me to him. I just need his words. Come. If you want to change in your life, you got to practice something new. And it starts with throwing off the old and stepping in to a place you've never been to before. Even if you feel like a blind man moving into your future. You step in that new thing. Oh, wait a second. You've taken off your old. Oh, and we put on a new. If you've ever asked, what do you guys mean by being born again? Here's another way to say it. We take off sin, and we put on holiness. We take off unrighteous living to put on righteous living. Because we're wearing a different coat. And this one ain't no blind man wearing. This one ain't no lame man living. This one, hey daughters, no abused daughter puts this one on. You're not a mistake. You weren't an accident. The God of the universe ordained that man and that woman to come together to have you. And on this day, you are made new in Christ. God, I don't, we're, we're stopping, God. Help us get it now. Help us get it, God. God, I pray for the fear of stepping out of our comfort zone be broken off us right now in the name of Jesus. The fear of what we know and what we have and what we're used to. Lord, actually, God, I pray that our comfort becomes a discomfort to us when it's not aligned with your spirit and your purpose. I pray the places that we have tried to fortify, our, fortify ourselves in order to find safety, in order to find a place of protection so that they can't hurt me and those words won't wound me and that situation won't come back to me. Lord, we allow our fortress to be our launching place. If you're here right now and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I don't know if I can explain it any more than what I already have. If you're here right now, there is not, there, we're not, no one's looking around. It's just you and I talking. If you're here right now, if you're watching us in our online community and you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ and throw off the old and put on the new, it's come. The new has come. The new has come. If that's you here today with eyes closed and head bowed, could you do me a favor? Could you raise your hand so I can see that you made the decision? I see that hand, and I see that hand, and I see that hand. I see that hand. Praise God. As hands are going up, I see that hand. For those watching in our online community, raise your hand. Click the like button. Say, I, that was me today. And I, I want you to make a comment so that our, our, our team can continue to bless and minister to you, but also... 
Scriptures make it clear that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts, the reason we have people raise their hand, I think that's a symbol of people believing in their heart. So can we all do this together now? Can we confess with our mouth and say, let's all say this together. Dear Jesus, you are Lord and I am not. You are holy and I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Become Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I throw off the old to step into the new. God, I thank you for every head that was bowed, every mouth that confessed, every heart that believed. And we, God, we seal them to your kingdom today. We now have the same faith as our Savior. And we walk it out. We walk it out today, God. I feel like right now, normally, just if you want to keep your heads bowed for a second, normally at this time we stop and we applaud. We're so excited for those who made their, their decision. I believe today, though, there's going to be a different shout in a second because there's some of you, like me, like us, that we are, we are being held in the past and you're done with it, you're tired of it, you're tired of sitting in the wayside of life and you are ready to be made new. And if that's you and you are ready to step out, I want us to say this. You don't have to shout it, you don't have to scream it. If you need to, do it. But when he says, come, I want you to respond, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm throwing off the old. I'm coming. So we can step into that new jacket, that new coat that God has for us. Holy Spirit, I'm so grateful for what you have said and done and communicated to us today. think about this look at me real quick look at me think about this could you imagine if you were a part of this crew either the disciples the people walking I wonder if he had some friends or other broken people next to him Matthew's account almost makes it appear that there were multiple people that were healed at this time can I just tell you if I've lived my life sitting in sewers begging for help not being able to see a thing and all of a sudden I have a new outfit I can see and I can follow Jesus there's a chance I would do one thing party pahar tea there's a chance everyone would be invited unless you're bringing a charcuterie board we got to talk about it. Charcuterie boards are getting out of hand. I mean, it's grape, it's crackers, it's cheese. Oh, I put it on a board. It's not that fancy, okay? Go back to preaching. That's it. Ushers, removal, I'll run. And so, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So here's, can we do this? Can we step into our party as if it's for us as we celebrate other people getting baptized today? I don't know how else to respond right now. Those in the online, if, if you're just here for the sermon, God bless you. We're so grateful you've been with us.
Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church Podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, know Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.